It is week three of the college football season. Can you believe, lads, that we are? Well, I think every schedule is different for each team in terms of games, weeks, etc. But we're like a quarter of the way through the college regular season this week. This is a, a touch scary. There's not enough games. There's not enough at the end of the year what we need. We'll, we'll have a bowl game special in Tralee. I think I'm going to plan my hotel and Dark Harg that he's going down to carry. We're going to do something for the bowl weekend. Leave it with me, boys. Maybe on Christmas week. Who knows? Uh, Michael McQuaid, Dark Harger, Mr. Connell Diggin also. Dark, starting off with you, my friends. Uh, the king of Armagh. I see too much of Armagh these days. Um, but in college football scene in Armagh. Can I just first off, Dark, before bringing you guys, thank everyone. Like This podcast, the last time I checked, was 17 in Ireland for football. So this is pretty cool. People like college football in Ireland, are And uh, it's great to see you. It's, it's great to see you. It's great to chat to you again. How do? Yeah, all good. Um, going back to college myself this weekend. So, um, uh, yeah. So we're really getting in the college atmosphere. Fortunately, Queens don't have the uh, the hundred thousand seater stadium or or anything of that nature. It'd be, it'd be good if we had it over here. Well, they have the uh, the PEC. Yeah, it's not far off. And Jordan Stein's better. Well, Ulster. Uh, talking about better universities. I'm joking, I'm just, folks, for people listening, I'm just really bitter, 15 years on, and I never got into Queens. Connell, we've got a Queens man up here, we've got a, a lad in Kerry, from Kerry and Galway here. Are, are people in the South back to college quicker than people in the North? Is this uh, even a discussion point for college football? Well, Galway has been back a week earlier than, like, everywhere else. So we've Jeez. been back, I'm in my second week now, but all the other lads in, like, Limerick and all the Dublin places in Cork, they're only coming back now. And then first years don't even start till next week. So, what people don't know about this podcast is that when the actual Gaelic football college season starts up, this is just going to, going to become a Sigerson Cup um, podcast, and we're not actually going to talk about American football whatsoever. As a thirty-two-year-old man with no ties to universities anymore, I look forward to presenting that and just sitting and waiting. <laughs> Maybe we could do it for the McCrory Cup as well. Who knows? Yeah. Alma mater, um, right, gents. Let's get into it. I was going to start off with myself in terms of things to talk about from, from last week for week two, but I feel like what I'm going to talk about is going to be what Connell Diggins going to talk about, but also it goes into our first topic. So, Dara, like, that was a great week of college football. A lot of upsets, some big, big statement wins. I'll just start off by saying this. How underwhelming was the crowd in, in Tuscaloosa? There was more people in the mall in Armagh than there was behind the ESPN college game day crowd. Yeah, I saw that. I know. I think um, they sort of missed the ball not going to Colorado this week. Uh, they'll be there uh, this coming weekend for the, the rivalry game, which we'll talk about. But yeah, it's interesting. They had a really cool opening to it. Reese Davis is really, really good at like, making it into a big deal. But then there's this drone shot of like a park that must be about 10% full. I suppose people from Alabama, like you just don't really care about game day anymore. It's there every second or third week, like so. Yeah, I mean, um, we've disappointed, but they're in the right place this week for sure in in Boulder. They are indeed. We'll talk about Boulder in a little second. Apart from if this becomes a Buffs podcast, and Connell Diggin, his highlight is about the Buffs. But have you anything else to say, Connell, before you say anything about Prime? Uh, I think actually, what's really interesting about the the whole game day thing is that. Uh, I believe CBS or whatever one of the other ones are, they do the big noon kickoff. And they mm. were supposed to be in Illinois this weekend. Yeah. But then they've changed to Colorado. So both 
like organization. Ah, they're both there this week, yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, I, I wonder, I, I guess the whole thinking behind that is if your rivals are there, you may as well go there as well. Um, I mean, we'll see who gets the bigger turnout. I'd say it's probably going to be ESPN College game day. Um, yeah, but some some really big results this weekend just all around. Like, Yeah, I was going to talk about um, the Buffs beating Nebraska and how good that defense was, but we'll, we'll talk about them going into it. I, I guess for people listening to this, I've actually had people WhatsApp me we, like we need to talk about certain colleges. We'll have this discussion, boys, off camera. It'll be grand. We'll talk about them week four, five, six. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, that can only be a good thing. Like obviously, Texas star beating Alabama is is big. It it was it was a great week, and it, it's great to have it back again. And excited for week for Lima. Yeah, and um, that was I've said a few times that that was my big storyline at the start of the season was this Alabama Texas game. I didn't think Texas would win it. I'm now 0-2 in our uh, weekly predictions thing, which is just brilliant. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that was just a, a real shocker and a classic, you know, college football. I, that's, that's what college football's all about, that third game there. So um, uh, looking forward to what should be a spicy uh, mid-season now with, with teams like Texas who aren't exactly, you know, your traditional just blow out, blow out everyone every given week. Like Texas are successful to lose in a couple of games. So it's interesting to see these very top teams look beatable. Mandatory sponsorship segment. We are bringing Jeff Reinbold around Ireland. Dublin, Belfast, Derry, Cork, Limerick. Uh, five dates in January. Going to be mad crack. Will Connell Diggin make an appearance at the Cork or Limerick one? is a big question. Will we make Derek Harger drive to Derry to stand up in a potential theatre and shout, I'm a Derry girl? Time will tell, but we'll see what happens. Home field apparel, use code Ireland for 15% off your first purchase. I am literally looking at the Clemson t-shirts right now. I feel bad. I'm not usually as unprepared, boys, in terms of doing all that stuff, so bear with me. Maybe like week five it'll be sent. However, um, yeah, Come to Jeff. Jeff has a bit of crack. Let, let, let's jump into week three. We're, we're going to look at, not to be boring and to pick the same teams again, but I feel like you need to pick, Dar. you have to pick and have to talk about Colorado who are now 2-0 and and the fact that their defense came up well last week and, you know, against TCU in week one, they didn't have any quarterback sacks or tackles for loss in week two. Um, in Nebraska, against Nebraska, they had six. They go up against CSU this year, this week, the round, the, the Rocky Mountain Classic, whatever the hell they call it in Colorado. I should know the answer to this on the basis that I'm a Broncos fan. But I, I, I tell you what, I know one thing. They hit each other. The Buffs, call it like CU look at CSU as a lesser university, but like Queens and Jordanstown, actually. Like, like a, wee, a wee bit like that there. Um, but the funny thing is, like, I guess the expectation this week is for the Buffs home game Folsom Field I'm going to double check that I'm nearly certain it's in Folsom Field that, yeah, that, that, game, game, yeah. that, that game used to be played in Empire Field I don't know Connell will talk about this in a second but you used to play it in Colorado in, in Denver and they're now playing at the Folsom Field so the, look the, the atmosphere is going to be electric interested to see just can they bring it back on the offense a bit for the Buffs for CS for just for Colorado State University they rank 90th in college football in total yards per game so I am in, <laughs> intrigued Thara, to see how they put it up but this could be one of those games where this is a young team it's a team where a lot of new players are here there's a lot of expectation and yes Coach Sanders keeps talking about the fact that nobody believes in them but maybe 
maybe CSU are sitting there this week going, nobody believes in us. Let's go out and wreck them. Let's go out and shock them. Very unlikely. You you expect CSU. You, you would expect CU to go three and zero, but should be a decent game, and obviously it's going to be heavily televised as well. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. These teams are now getting a really unique chance to broadcast themselves on a national level because absolutely everybody's watching Colorado every single week. So there for Nebraska, that was a brilliant opportunity for them to earn back a little bit of respect that they've lost over the last couple of years. And well, they failed miserably, but it's it's a similar opportunity for Colorado State now this week. Um, this is a game where I think we'd all be very disappointed if Colorado lost, like going into this whole massive hype surrounding they're going to play at Oregon in two weeks. It would mm. just be, that's that's come setting up to be an absolute classic and that'll be the biggest game that week. And it would just be really, really disappointing for them to slip out. They probably shouldn't fall a, a hurdle as lowly as Colorado State, but like you keep going back to saying it's a it's a program that went one eleven last year, and I know that they don't have the same players in place. But any given any given Saturday, as it's as it's been dubbed by uh, Josh Pate of twenty four seven, and it's his tour for this season. I think, I mean, it should be Colorado's game. This should just be them driving the point home that they're here as a legitimate contender and anything less than that, we'd be disappointed. Arnold, who in the hell thought it was a good idea to put a game on at 3 o'clock on a Sunday morning? That's all I have to say about this game. And, like, they're doing this to, like, the most exciting team in, like, the country. I understand, like, over in America, this is, like, you know, prime time type stuff, but, right. hey, like, it's a, it's a worldwide sport. Like, we're trying to prove that, like, and they're cutting us Hold off. On. Like, there's there, there's prime time, right? And, like, there's Sunday night football starts time. at 1.20 a.m. in the NFL, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like this, this should be a good matchup. The like Colorado State, oh, they've only played one game so far this season. They had their bye week last week, and they played a, a Washington State team who actually just beat uh, Wisconsin. So now they're ranked instead of Wisconsin, which is that was a pretty big upset that happened this week. And you know, it it should be fairly straightforward for the the Buffaloes. To be honest, I mean, they have basically everything to 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 beaten pretty much nearly anyone and if they don't win this game like as Darif said it would be a massive slip up and be a shame for them to slip up now uh, I did also just want to put in that if people are getting sick of us talking about the Buffaloes you'll have to wait probably another two or three weeks, two weeks. because that yeah because they play Oregon and then they play USC so I don't see them falling out of the, the running order in the next two weeks well as we said previously like obviously appreciate people listening and like the thing is it's chart this is chart and we've only one episode a week, so this is awesome. Like, genuinely, folks, thank you all so much. Really cool. Like, this is, this is the highlight in my career. I mean it, boys, so I'm, I'm buzzing for this. Now, from talking about Buffaloes to Gamecocks, can't beat watching Gamecocks, boys. South Carolina Gamecocks, who are 1-1 one and one in the season, are going to Athens, Georgia, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. IST, or 3.30 p.m. normal time if you live in the States. Playing Georgia, um, they lost South Carolina lost um, to North Carolina in its opening game uh, it's a three point underdog in Charlotte they took out massive massive frustrations last week 17 point favourite in Furman I mean like looking at Georgia as well Dara they absolutely destroyed Ball State 45 to 3 last week but you're looking at teams that are both sort of well rested because they're not 
competitive games in, in that sense for them. It's a decent, decent matchup, but I mean, like Georgia are going to have too much, surely. Way too yeah, much. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of the, it's pr- probably the most lopsided game we'll talk about here, but I did want to include Georgia in this podcast because we haven't hit number them one. yet really you know number one team in college football and and massive favorites to win it all again for the third year in a row um biggest eyes to be on in this game probably Carson Beck the Georgia quarterback uh this is going to be his first legitimate defense he'll face this season he's looked okay so far I mean he doesn't have a pile to do when everyone around him is built like the largest 19 or 20 year old you've seen in your entire life so uh if you're focusing on the draft in this one, Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end, he's the best tight end in college football. He's uh, probably top 10 uh, prospect for this upcoming season. Uh, so there'll be eyes on him, obviously. In terms of the matchup itself, maybe Connell will hit a wee bit more on it, but just as a, as a whole, this is a George team that shouldn't have too much difficulty dealing with South Carolina. I guess Connell, like as as Doris said, like you you're looking at a team in their last three games or a three if if it, if it had a three game run of winning against South Carolina, they've got a margin of difference on I think it's thirty two points. I've written that thirty two point three points per game. They've scored at least forty points in these games, so this game could be over by the start of the second quarter. Thank yeah, you. and I think what what really stands out to me is so far this season, like. South Carolina have not been able to run the ball at all. And it was kind of surprising, I think, in the first game because last season, like, run defense was a massive problem for North Carolina. And then a lot of people came into this year saying, okay, I think they're going to be much improved. And then they absolutely shut down the South Carolina running game, you know, only allowed, I believe, about 40 yards rushing, which was insane. And then last week, they didn't have much luck against Furman. Now, they are a, a team who much prefers to throw the ball. And if you have Spencer Rattler, that's going to be, you know, your your main outlet, your main thing to do. But you can't see them winning, especially against the Georgia secondary that has um, Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter, who are, you know, big draft prospects and could get drafted next year. Um, you can't expect to just throw the ball, you know, 40 times and come out with a victory. Like, that's, that's just not going to happen. I also wanted to point out that Georgia currently has a 20-game winning streak, and this game is at home, and they have a 19-game home winning streak. So I don't see them. I see that by next week getting to 21 wins, and like it's it's really, I'm I'm as Dara said, I'm really interested to see the Georgia team because so far no one has really, you know, I guess taken a hold of what we thought this team would be just yet. You know, everyone like it's been. Everyone's had a certain amount of rushes. Every no one has more than eight catches, I believe, on this team. No one has more than twenty rushes so far this season for them. So we'll see maybe if they try and lean on some of the guys a bit more coming into this week. Yeah, I, I guess like will we have our bet of the week or like our not our bet of the week, but will we do like our pick where it's like we'll do we'll choose the handicap here. I'm gonna say Georgia minus twenty five and a half. Is that yeah, I, I would I would I would lean Georgia minus 25 and a half in, in Georgia, yeah. Connell, do you want to go mad and say 30 and a half? Yeah, do I just have to, like, just to... I mean, I'm currently 1-1, one one, so it's only Darabo at some I, risk, I guess. I haven't been to win. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to watch back and check. I haven't made like, I, don't I think I watched I watched the first week back. I don't think you put in... I don't think you put in a name in the first week. Ah, uh, didn't want to... Yeah. I can't. I can't. I, no, no, like, no, like, do you know what the um, the 
the video file will still be there. Look, at the end of the day, if I win, everyone's coming to the Moy anyway, so it's it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. You've been to the Moy, Connell? No, surely I've I've told I've never been like anywhere north. <laughs> Have you ever been in the Moy? That is That's the most random college football class you're gonna get. Sean Cobb's <laughs> in the Moy. Right, anyway. I, I, hang on, I'll throw I'll I'll go I'll go in plus thirty. I'll go in plus thirty just to Well do you know what? Plus. I'm gonna say thirty two and a half then. Why not? That's wild. That is wild. But you know what? It's college football, boys. Um, 10 o'clock Saturday is Washington, MSU, Michigan State University. Um, Washington, I think, are the eighth-ranked team in the States. Um, We're not going to talk about it, but former Colorado coach Mel Tucker, who is the the current coach of MSU, is currently suspended. And we're not even going to go into information on that. Google that if you need to. Um. One of the things I will say, Dara, about Mel Tucker is I've seen what he's done over the years with certain teams. His focus and the way that he's really built Michigan State over the last few months especially is forgetting about the opponent within five minutes. We're, we're on to Washington. Like the, he, he has these lads drilled in to not even celebrating the blowout victory against the mediocre college. Straight up looking at this game. And the, the funny thing is for, for Washington, they're going to have a, a guy, Gary Bernard, who entered the transfer portal for MSU last year, coming into this game. Um, so there's going to be a few interesting um, faces that have been there. I guess the big question, and it's the elephant in the room, is how much of an impact will Mel Tucker's suspension have on Michigan State? Will it be a situation where they just fall apart in the sense of like, it's just not there anymore because he's not there? Will they have a lack of confidence? And... Um, they at the time of writing, at the time of recording, they were fourteen and a half point underdog, I think, against Michigan. Um, non-conference matchup. Do you think the suspension plays a huge factor into this, in the sense of it really writes off Michigan State's chances, or do you think it'll be a situation where they play for the coach without going into information on the current situation because your boy can't afford a legal bill? Yeah. Um. I mean, it's. It's it's a good question as to how important a college football head coach is, and are they more important than you know an NFL head coach on the sidelines? We talked earlier about Jim Harbaugh and how he literally could be away on his holidays, and Michigan would just be destroying everyone at the moment. Um, I don't mean to cut over you. This weekend he was uh, moving the chains. He was like the chain man for. <laughs> Uh, a youth football game this weekend. That's what he was doing. <laughs> so yeah, he he's out there completing side missions. Uh, the other Michigan head coach, uh, we'll just not dwell on that one for too long. But uh, yeah, I think this was a game that it's it's a risky game for Washington, considering they have uh, they're my pick to go to the playoffs. They're my my number fourteen in my predictions at the start of the season. I think it's sort of similar maybe to a lesser degree to what Wisconsin did last week. And an almost direct flip, Wisconsin traveled up to an unranked Washington State last week and lost to like a sort of borderline, not ranked, not maybe maybe not top 30, but a 40 to 50-ish team in college football. That's a similar case happening here. Now, Washington have uh, like destroyed two teams of similar quality in Boise State and Tulsa so far. So that definitely players into their favor but i think um uh, two players that i like in this one are um 
obviously Michael Phoenix Jr., the Washington Heisman talented quarterback, and also Romeo Odons. He is a senior wide receiver. Could have went to the draft last year. Probably would have been a, a third over or third round draft pick or so. But he's really boosted his stock this season. He's looked like one of the best receivers in college football and could really, really see himself getting called early in the draft in a few months. It's an interesting matchup, and there's plenty of big names there, as Dars mentioned, Connell. Like, do you think Mel Tucker not going to not be in there for reasons that we'll not talk about? Obviously, is um is a massive issue, or are you happy enough in terms of he can just move the chains like Jim Harbour somewhere else and then get on with it? But like at the same time, you have to still go out and play a game of football. Do you know, like, and that 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 that's happened. That situation for those players has happened out of nowhere. Do you know, and it's it is different. You know, it's all speculation at the moment but it it's it's very different to Jim Harbour going to Bowling Alley during COVID do you know what I mean yeah it's it's it, it, like it's even talking about it now I feel kind of weird because I'm like I don't want to say something that's gonna yes mess anything up for for us or for them or for whatever um but I, I do think as Dara said like it does come down to how important is a college head head coach and I mean like they paid Mel Tucker, what was it, like 90 million for the next 10 years, something like 95, that? 95, yeah. Yeah, 95 million for the next 10 years. Like, that's that's crazy money. And that was after only one winning season with them as well. They went 11-2 and two thanks to Kenneth Walker, you know, and it, it's it's a difficult situation. I Like, I would have to pick Washington in this. Like, I, I, I think their team is really talented, I think. Honestly, if I hadn't didn't have USC making the playoffs, they would have been, you know, one of their they'd definitely be in like the top ten, I think, by the end of the season. Um, you know, this this whole team works really well. You know, two players Dara mentioned, Michael Peanut and Ella Duns, both gonna, you know, get drafted this year pretty highly, you know, in the first two or two or three rounds at least. And then there's actually a really good D lineman, Braylon Trice, who's just kinda like one of those guys who you know, they're not the, maybe the at least like athlete type guys, but he's technically like one of the most sound defensive linemen in all the college right now. And he's probably going to be a first round pick. So I'm really interested in this matchup. I think it's more a case of how the MSU players respond to this. I mean, it's kind of been struck on them. And will it be a kind of a case of, look, let's kind of prove everyone and be like, this is our team. You know, like this guy doesn't represent us. Or will it be a case of, you know, will they use it maybe as an excuse if they do end up losing? I think that'll be an interesting way to kind of look at this next week. I think I think you boys have diverted everything there professionally and beautifully. And uh, Pro Football Ireland has no affiliation with the NCAA or the Big Ten. The Big Ten is improving to eighteen teams next season. And when you look at how far MSU have almost fallen in that sense, and where they were, and you've mentioned it there at that ninety-five million contract, Connell. Um, 11, 11 game winning season they're in a situation now where it's like that team is unrecognisable it's going to get harder for them they're the 49th ranked team for, for the 2024 roster in college football so it, it's they, a big week for them big they don't even really have anyone on their team who's of a real NFL quality coming into the draft next year either which is you know for a big you know, university like them, you should at least have, you know, two or three guys kind of nearly every year coming up, but they really have just, they don't have anyone. Like everywhere I looked, you know, just guys coming out of the draft, I couldn't find anyone. 
and they lost probably the guy who would have been in Keon Coleman when he left in a transfer to Florida State. So it's not looking great for them. And they've relied a lot on the transfer portal as well. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about is Tennessee, Florida, midnight, Sunday morning. So you could technically voice, watch that, and then watch Colorado, Colorado. Um, I can't wait to wake up on Monday morning or Sunday morning with 80, 1800 WhatsApps and thinking these boys and their sleep schedules are very, very jealous. Um, great game. Tennessee ranked 11th. You know, you're, you're, you're playing the floor. You're playing the Florida Gators. You're going into the Swamp. Tennessee haven't won in the Swamp since 2015. Um, sorry, they were last favourite to win in 2015. They haven't won since 2003. You boys weren't born the last time they won in the Swamp. But that's, and you're, just, you're both fully grown men now. Do you know what I mean? Like, boys, that, that's a long time ago, and that, that's all I'll say. Um, the Gators opened the season a few weeks ago with a 24 11 loss against Utah, but bounced back. Um, against McNeese last week, Tennessee won 49-13 against Virginia. Um, and then also didn't play great in the 30-13 win against Austin. I, I mean, I did. I, I had to Google who Austin P were. I yeah, had never heard of them in my life. Like, classic classic week two Tennessee where there's Austin P fixture that is just so college football in September. The thing is, like, you know, you're playing that sort of team there. And then you're going up against Florida. It, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think, Dara, out of all the games we've talked about this week, this is the closest one. And I'm going to take Tennessee to to lose against Florida. I think I think Florida is going to beat Tennessee at the weekend. I'm going to stick my neck out here and just have a bit of crack. Like, obviously, Tennessee need to be better and get better. But why not? Like, we've seen what happened last week with Bama and Texas. Why can't Florida go in and beat them this week? Yeah, this is a like one of the biggest home field is such a massive um, change in this game. If this game was in Tennessee, Tennessee are maybe oh, they could be up as seventeen or twenty point favorites. They're only favored by seven in in Florida. Um, like it's a classic Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. It's just an electric stadium. It's one of the ones that. I would have on my bucket list of going to a college football game. It just is really, really unique in everything about it. And they've got, won't back down this thing there. It's it's just sort of really one of the cooler scenes in college football. But in terms of the actual game, surprised to see Tennessee only as a seven-point favorite in this one. But it's uh, such an unknown Florida side because we knew coming into the year they weren't ranked. But like that's very uncharacteristic of Florida. They're traditionally a really good team. They haven't really took a step back in recruiting. They haven't been great under Billy Napier, but they've been fine. You would have still technically ranked, especially with Graham Mertz, a quarterback, transfer over from Wisconsin. We The jury's again is still out on him, but we've seen these college quarterbacks struggle in one place, transfer, and uh, with a few years of experience, find massive, massive improvements in their second landing spot. So I'm interested to see where, where this Florida team comes. They're not going to be overly optimistic after what happened in week one. And then Utah, who beat them comfortably in week one, almost come as close as it possibly could to losing uh, against Baylor there this week. And so, I mean, that's not going to bode well for confidence in Florida. As on the Tennessee side, they've just kept rolling like nothing. Like I would miss the beat of Joe Milton, the quarterback, who has been a great replacement for Hendon Hooker so far. 
I feel like it's a tough one to call, and I don't hate the Florida upset pick in this one. I think that Tennessee wins it, and I don't think this is a blowout of any proportion. I think it's going to make close game. Connell, I was born in 1991, 20 years before that. That was the last time Tennessee was ranked and Florida was not going into this game. That's a long time ago, Dar- uh, Connell, because, like, see, I almost got through the old podcast by mixing the names up. But that's, Connell, that, that, that's a long time ago, mate. I mean, 20 years before I was born. Yeah, like, that's actually kind of a crazy stat because when you consider... It's mental! Like... There, like, there's been times where like both haven't been good, and both one has been good, one hasn't been good for like, you know, in the last twenty years. And like, surely there would have been some early season kind of upset type thing. That's actually, I I wish I had that stuff. Um, but I guess going back to, I mean, like Tennessee, like yeah, they I think last season with Hendon Hooker getting injured, it allowed Joe Milton to actually come in and you know play a couple of games. I mean, the last two or three games of that last season so it did kind of help last season and coming into this year he just kind of keeps playing the way he has been playing uh, now to be fair not against the highest of quality opposition and I think I, I would definitely favor them in this matchup like but I fi- I don't think there will be an upset here even going into this thing I I just haven't been really convinced by Florida like they don't really have anything that would tip me over the edge to to maybe put it in their favor other than like the home field advantage, like this, and for an offense as well as one of those, you know, look at this read. This is your read. Don't go off this read. You throw it to this guy, no matter what type offenses. Usually, those like don't run the ball too well, but like Tennessee runs the ball extremely well. Like they have Jalen Wright, and <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> and Jabari Rod. Small and Jabari Small both have over. Uh, one has over two hundred yards, and then Jabari Small has over. 150 yards this year so they're they're pretty good at what they do already and they have a tight end in McCallan Castles which is actually a great name they also have a wide receiver called Squirrel uh Squirrel like his first name is Squirrel no it's um, nice yeah yeah that's that's down as his first name I don't know if it's one of those like Kool-Aid McKinstry like nickname where like you just have to call me this type of jobs uh but that's that's what he goes by Squirrel and yeah, I think they'll definitely win this. Like Florida couldn't put up a winning season last year, even with Anthony Richardson, who was a top five pick. Uh, Graham Mertz, as Dara said, was very highly rated, but hasn't really proved anything since getting into college. So, yeah, I think, you know, Florida is one of those teams where I looked at their schedule and they're not bad. They're playing enough bad teams to get six wins, but they play enough good teams to not get like eight, over eight wins, is basically the way I can put it. And, um- just to go on that squirrel thing before we do wrap up here, boys. Marquarius Malik Squirrel White. There you go. There's you hear I did also see there's a player for uh, Georgia called Lad McConkney. Yeah. Lad with yeah. two D's. Yeah. Yeah. Really Irish sounded. That sounds like my wife when she says hello, lad. She's from Fermanagh. Uh just to <laughs> wrap up here. We uh, just in terms of games we haven't talked about very quickly. Number two, Michigan are playing Bowling Green. Maybe Jim Harbaugh would. Maybe Jim Harbaugh could take a few of the players bowling. Uh, let's let's where, hope that last, let's hope that Michigan can strike. Am I right? Bowling Green. When's when's a minute silence? Is that before or after the game for for Jim? <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll I mean, it's the last game. It's the last game of the suspension. So. <laughs> 
Um, Florida State at Boston College, Texas, Wyoming, Ohio State, Western Kentucky, Penn State, Illinois, uh, Washington, Michigan State. We talked about Notre Dame are advertised on Sky Sports as playing Michigan, but it's Central Michigan. Great Shame play, on you. Also, in them games you mentioned there, um, it's not going to where it's at, but I'm picking Illinois to beat Penn State. Shush. I think that that's a really good matchup, like Illinois defenses. Yeah, five o'clock yeah. our time as well. Yeah. What get on that one? Watch uh, it be like 35 nil at halftime there. <laughs> <laughs> There's the TikTok reel. A uh, couple ones to finish off. Bama playing South Florida, Utah, Weber State, Oregon, Hawaii is an interesting one. It'll probably be on about 5 a.m. our time. Uh, Kansas State, Missouri, Missouri, LSU, Mississippi State, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, Duke Northwestern. Forgot Northwestern until the football team in Oklahoma, Tulsa. If we they didn't talk, they about... haven't existed since playing in Dublin. They all they haven't once since. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great stat. Like, imagine that's been on for years. Like, that would genuinely be ten out of ten. Like, like technically the, the Dublin argue. curse. <laughs> well, yeah, like it could. Well, well, okay. big shout out to the Erlingus College Football Classic. But like, <laughs> ta- technically, Pat Fitzgerald, like, may never coach again. <laughs> His last win could be in Dublin, which is mad. Seen. To, to, to flip that round and see college football Ireland at the Georgia Tech game of the weekend awesome looking forward to that game next year we'll certainly pump it whenever we get the chance uh, but for now um, these boys need to get back to their NFL talk I know Dara is going to go cry with the Broncos and I am too because the oh, Commanders man. will probably beat them on Sunday and you I got mean, the wrong name again Michael oh man Dara's really happy about what happened this weekend so I'm in, do you know what I'm do you know what like look we are 36 minutes into this podcast. So if you're listening to this, you're a loyal listener. And I don't mean because I know people suffer from this. I am convinced, boys. Like, I'm 32 years of age. I, I'm i telling you this now. Get your sleep. Because I, I think I'm going to have to mention it. Like, 100%. Like, I can't remember people's names. Like, like I, I literally... So, Connell, like, right, Connell, you're, like, look, hopefully, what? Well, hopefully, you're not crying on Sunday. Dar is flying. Like, I mean, the last time the Green Bay Packers didn't have a quarterback I was one year one year old and it looks like Jordan Love's going to be flying so we've got college football Saturday NFL Sunday packed on pro football Ireland and appreciate you boys as always I'll, dro- I'll drop the socials in the comments and uh, maybe we can start like a telegram channel because some of the memes I'm getting sent on a Saturday evening is uh, is mad can I just say one more thing before we go I miss the Barstool live streams maybe I just sound like really immature here but I'm missing them I need them back are they still alive do you boys know? I'm just asking this generally on the podcast. Never been the biggest farce to watcher, but I think they're gone for good. Yeah, just I think mad enough. I miss it badly. Maybe maybe we could start it like imagine Guinness, um, sofas, <laughs> all these TVs. Maybe I'll have to chat off camera for next year. We'll see the crack. But for now, at uh, home field, home field apparel code Ireland fifteen percent off. We'll be wheeling in the ears this weekend, Madara. Shout out to Connell for that reference. And we'll chat to you soon on the PFI College Football Show. Thanks so much for watching. Please like, share, subscribe. It literally, well, it doesn't really put food in the table, but it helps. Chat to you soon, folks, for week four next week. Bye.